0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io.
1: What's up, Hustlers, welcome back. This is Andrew Morgans, founder of Marknology and today's host of Startup Hustle podcast. Here to cover all things about e-commerce, startups, uh entrepreneurship you name it today's episode is how to win in the new normal of e-commerce i'm super excited about today's topic because it's something i have personally been investing a lot of time in in order to stay ahead you know stay innovative stay quick that's always the key to winning in e-commerce so before we get into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult. Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably, and has a platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. Tim Keen, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me, Andrew.
1: Excited about it. Super excited for today's combo. Just to pick your brain. Uh, you know, hopefully I I walk away with something. Hopefully our learn our listeners walk away with something as well. Uh based out of LA, company is Loop Club, but you're in Berlin today, is that right? Yeah, exactly. I'm uh um coming to the tail end of a little vacation. Yeah. Well, Berlin, one of my favorite cities in the world. I hope you're enjoying it. Um, and when you come back, uh, hopefully you're rested and ready to go. I know LA can be draining, Kansas City can be draining. Um, last time I was in Berlin was like around Christmas time, so we just—I was doing all the Christmas markets, and I was just mm. like, beauty shop, I think. So uh, enjoy. What's the temperature there like right now? This time it's
0: hot, man. It's crazy. It's like I keep forgetting that it's really hot, and I keep going outside in like a long sleeve shirt, but like
1: it's really hot. It's warm. Yeah, like like. Ninety? Like do you like know close to a hundred? I think today was
0: wow. like, I'm, I've gone back to my Celsius brain. So thirty-four, you know, C in you know what is that? Yeah, ninety-three. Wow. It was a day where it was close to a hundred the other week. It's it's people are freaking out. They don't know what to do. They're like, Okay, because like, I always like, just
1: picture it in coats. Like, you know, I just yeah, I don't exactly. know. I know that's not yeah. true, but that's what I picture it. Know, This is very unusual for sure. Well, I love to get started, like with the show and for the listeners, just getting to know a little bit more about you, the, you know, getting to know more about my guests, um, you know, where you come from, uh, you know, how you got started in entrepreneurship, obviously, um, you know, there's a story before Loop Club. So mm-hmm. as far back as you'd like to go, um, you know, share with us, like, did you always know you're going to be an entrepreneur? Did you like come out of school or into e-commerce? Did you even go to school? Um, share some of your early days with us.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, my story is pretty weird. I will say. So I was, I grew up in Australia, and I um, was always a musician. Played in bands. I was, you know, kind of, you know. And then I went to, I did my. Like undergrad August and, Burns Red.
1: Sorry. August Burns Red. August Burns I Red. I don't know who that is. You. Okay. Band. Check I it out. I think so. They're metal. They're metal. Yeah. So. I mean, I like metal.
0: I'll check it out. But yeah, so I was, uh, you know, always playing music. But I also like did well in school, I guess. So. I did like a pre-med degree and then I was like, wait a second. Like, I don't know if I want to do this right now. And I took a year off and I moved to Montreal in Canada and I just started playing drums and I ended up in a band that band did, you know, we're just playing music in our house and the band did like pretty well. So we got signed, we're on a record label we're touring a lot. So it's kind of on the road all the time. It's like 2014 just traveling all the time. Um, like, in Europe, like, all around America. And it was, you know, it's crazy. It's, like, you're, like, quote, unquote, living the dream. But, you know, the real challenge of that is, like, even, like, these top-tier bands, like, if you think of, like, a band that you've heard of, like, unless they're, like, really, like, really famous and also super good with money, like, chances are they don't make any money at all. Like, Like school
1: teachers are less.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If if you're lucky, if you're lucky, you make a school teacher's salary. So, it's pretty hard. Like, it is really hard. And, And all your time is taken up. So... I was visiting LA from Montreal. Like I was like, I just have to like figure something out. And I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to make money online. So I think like a lot of people, I just like tried a bunch of stuff. Like the first thing that I tried was um, the first thing that I tried, I was doing like online surveys, you know, where like a brand will be like, I'll give you $2 if you spend 30 minutes telling us about like, you know, toilet paper or whatever. And I was like, wait a second. This is like maybe like the least efficient, way of making money that i've ever ever heard of like i have to click like a 100 times and i get two dollars like there's got to be like a better like dollars per click ratio that i can find here if i can apply myself a little bit so it started like you know like everyone like i literally typed in like how to make money online and i went through all kinds of stuff um, <laughs> i went through all kinds of stuff and i learned a little bit about everything uh, i learned a little bit about seo i kind of like learned a little bit about how to build websites and I started building I was building like WooCommerce stores. I was like drop okay. shipping on WooCommerce. For whatever reason, I was like Shopify's too easy. It seems too easy. I'm going to do it the hard way. And um eventually found some, a little bit of success. I actually just went found, found my statements the other day. I didn't make that much money, but I was drop shipping on WooCommerce. Um and when was that like, plugs, year, like year like year do you think? That's hilarious. Okay. I yeah, didn't mean to. Cuz was a, yeah. I found a website. I found a competitor. That was doing uh, 120,000 organic searches a month. It's the only competitor in the space because uh, no one else wants to do it because it's you can't h- run ads. Hilarious! You can't do ads. It's super embarrassing. You can't tell your friends, like you know, it's just it's like goofy. Uh, but it was a lot of searches. I was like, okay, I'll do that. Um, and this is 2018. 2018, I was doing this, and you know, I, I could run Google Ads. So I taught myself how to run Google Ads, and kind of got that kind of got that working and built you know built like you know as much of a business as you can build in that way which is like not that much and then I was I got to the point where I was like you know I have a skill now maybe I'll take the skill and you know apply it somewhere else and I was ready I'd never had health insurance in my life I'd never had a job in my life so I was like you know maybe I'll go to the doctor maybe I'll get a job so I went Lucky, someone from Mute Six reached out to me. I'd never heard of Mute Six at the time. Um, for you know, people listening, like Mute Six was probably one of the you know big. It's probably one of the bigger Facebook first paid social shopper agencies in the country. You know, probably I think they're at like 500 headcount now. They got bought by Dentsu about when I left. Like big, big, big success story. Big LA story. Um, and they didn't. They were really hard up for Google Ads bias. And now that I run an agency, like really hard to find google ads it's, it's really yeah. difficult um and so i went in there and i just kind of replaced the word butt plug from my resume with like product i was like learned to sell products online and they were fine with it and you know after i got the job I, I talked to my bosses and they've all sold like far more embarrassing things like any good marketer so uh it was all all you know all good in time and i got absolutely schooled there it was awesome like, like I'm so grateful. I only spent nine months there and I learned so much. Like, because I'd had that, like, hustle mentality and I'm sure this res- will resonate with a lot of people, like, it's really hard to turn it off. So, like, I couldn't, like, go in and just, like, kind of do an okay job. Like, I was so sure I was going to get fired or, like, I wouldn't get my check if I didn't, like, scale every single account. And, like, in hindsight, like, that's insane. Like, you know, like, there are people who coast at, office jobs for, you know, their entire careers. But like, I just didn't know how to do it. So my boss, Elmar, he like really showed me how to do it. Like he showed me how to run Google ads and he was running a lot of like really serious accounts. He was running, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, he was, you know, an old school affiliate marketer. He had done a lot of lead gen, you know, he was spending many millions of dollars a month on Google ads and, um, you know, just really knew what he was doing. And what I lacked in technical sophistication or experience I didn't, you know, I hadn't spent 10 years running ads. I didn't know every feature of the platform, but what I did is the creative.
1: Bands yeah, creative. exactly.
0: I figured out the creative. I was like, mm. I'll just do something that's like interesting. And my, all my successes came on YouTube and they're all, it's all the same, all the same thing, they're the same thing every single time. I just bribed an editor to make me an ad because Google us, Google ads people, like we didn't even get. And our clients didn't have editing packages, so I'd like go yeah. and find an editor that I liked. i would like give her a pizza, and she would make me an ad, <laughs> and we made UGC mashups. Like what, like what now is like the most standard ad in the world? Like not everyone was doing that. Like I would download every single clip I could find from all of the customers, I would you know write out a script, and I would have it cut it up, you turn that into an ad, and then I would build a long landing page. So this is just all like, just, just, this is just how you run a business. And I run, build a long landing page and send that traffic and it would just work because most people, they just won't bother. Like it's annoying, you know? Like it's just like a pain to do. It's hard work. And how, that, people- how does
1: YouTube come into that though? Like you're using YouTube to cut stuff up?
0: Oh, I wasn't cutting on, so I was running ads on YouTube. I would run, okay, we'll go, I would okay. build these like two and a half minute long ads and I'd run it on YouTube. And YouTube at the time, it's harder now, but it was really scalable at the time. Like if you got something, it was all or nothing. It like either wouldn't convert at all or you'd just go crazy. Like it was like, you know, I took accounts, I remember taking one account from zero dollars in YouTube spend to like 160 grand in YouTube spend in two months. Just like, I don't think people understand
1: like, how addictive that kind of like thing is like, because yeah. I actually, this is just funny, but born in Montreal, was in mm-hmm. a band from 2007 to 2012, <laughs> touring full time. I slayed my, I slayed my tour dragon. Um, but you know, what's really like addictive is in e-commerce for me. Like once I found e-commerce, I got hooked because yeah, you're right. It's like fail, 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 massive success. Like you know, like if you get it right, if like if you tinkered it right or whatever, it was like, oh, this is like it's almost like you know you're like at the slot machine and you hit it. It's like ding 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 ding. Uh, and you're you're chasing that. Yeah, Yeah.
0: exactly. And people don't talk about this very much because like you know the front end of these platforms are designed to be addictive, right? Like Facebook's designed to be addictive. Facebook. Facebook's designed to be addictive you know all of these platforms they build them for retention but the back end is addictive too it's like it's addictive to run ads like you know you're playing with numbers all day if you have this like a slight math brain and you like to be on the computer like it will suck you in and then when you get a win it's just like it's crazy nothing feels like that and the wins are harder to come by now which i think is what we're going to talk about but at the time like it was really just about like the right product you know the right messaging and then just like getting out of the way of the algorithm. And I didn't know that, like no one else does that. Like so few people yeah. do that. And a lot of people sit in agencies for their whole career and um, they think the answers are like in like, oh, I'll change that bidding strategy. Or like, oh, I'll change my budget from like 150 to $200. But like, if you're a real dopamine addict, if you're like, that's not enough, it doesn't feel good enough. So I need a 10X win to to feel good. And so I was chasing 10X wins. And once I got a couple, then um, I got bored <laughs> then, the, then the addiction wore off and I wasn't, getting, I wasn't getting enough thrills. So I left and I went to another agency. I was like, I want to see what it's like to spend like massive budgets, like multi-million monthly budgets. So I went to a media and entertainment agency because I thought they would have massive budgets and they did. But the only KPI was spending the exact budget to the cent because there's no conversion tracking the budget is pre-allocated you're not actually driving revenue for anyone the person you're reporting to is like a mid-level manager at like warner brothers or something it wasn't warner brothers but like a warner brothers-esque company and their kpi is did they manage the agency to the budget so i'm not a detail-oriented person i'm not like a like getting every button correct thing and i literally i i did it for two weeks like i i and i i just got up and i was I just went to my boss and I was like man like you have hired the wrong person like I can't do this job like you will you'll fail because because I can't I can't spend the budget to the limit if you you know I'm going to figure out a way to get double the budget cuz I need it yeah and so then I left I kind of tinkered around for a bit and then the pandemic hit and then when the pandemic hit anyone who'd ever run an ad before was suddenly in like just like massively needed and just so many people were hitting me up and just like it felt like it was just like so chaotic and just everyone needed media buyers just constantly and that was when we started um we didn't even kind of realize what we were doing like we just thought like we would be like oh yeah a group of freelancers and we'll just take our clients and pull the clients together and then immediately what happens is you get You know the agency logic kind of takes over it's like okay well now i have a bunch of clients how do we share resources now we're all working on our clients all day but we don't have enough revenue so now we need to hire someone to you know take care of the clients so we can go and get enough and you just become an agency like without you know you don't even ask for it you're like well guess i'm an agency now yeah and that was two years ago and you know since then we've done what total like three and a half million top line <laughs> and i mean um you know I've you know hired and fired a lot you know we've been through a lot um we started you know we started with them some okay clients but like the clients are, we're a shopify plus partner agency now um we you know unilever is a client we have some big pet bully makes a client free fly apparel we have you know some really nice like mid mid-size roadrunner sports like you know mid-size yeah. e-commerce brands like 100 million dollar brands 50 million dollar brands um And I literally, I feel like I haven't stood up in two years. Like, like I've just been, you know, just doing it. And, you know, to go back to what we were saying before, like I I had no plans to do this. Absolutely no, absolutely no desire to like, quote unquote, be an entrepreneur. But like, you know, it was uncanny, right? That like you and I just have the same background. Like we grew up in a weird place. We fell into bands. We were like figured out how to live somehow. And like, 80% of agency owners that I meet have that same, uh, background. Like they come from something weird. They at some point in time had to figure out how to make money. A lot of the time you have like a chip on your shoulder. Like you were like bullied or like you like, you know, you have some reason why you need to prove to yourself that you can do this. And you, you, you know, you've learned to be persistent.
1: Um, I think it's because, um, I think it's like, just to, just to like add to that, um, like if you're a loner you can be very successful at this yeah you know even if you're social but just like being able to spend you know a lot of hours practicing your craft like mm-hmm. you know musicians i mean i had practice like one year we played like 96 shows yeah while in school while doing all these things you know i was getting a computer science degree like proctoring tests on the road <laughs> like you know yeah yeah um, <laughs> yeah, like just doing crazy stuff yeah. like that and i was chasing freedom mm-hmm. well this is freedom in a different sense you know for one it's financial freedom but it's also geographical freedom like you're in berlin right now versus like you know traditional job you got to be somewhere show up in a chair so it has these like similar qualities that just like you know for me it's i'm from the bottom like i'm from the dirt so like uh there's no boys or girls club you know it was like i didn't have to be a member of something to be successful at this if i was good then uh you know then i could be successful and then also like let's let's not get it twisted like okay when myspace and facebook first came out it was bands that were making those myspace band flyers am 100%. i wrong 100 percent. yeah 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 right? completely yes those yep. are like the some of the original like you know things getting shared uh yeah. you know if you create a great flyer like you know that was important to get it shared and get people at your shows and like you know, for me, I just kind of re rethought about how I was like, you know, we were making albums and shirts and merch and like all those kinds of things. Um, but I didn't really apply it to like, you know, what I do now uh, originally, but I'm like, yeah. it really does. Like we were, you know, I was working with, um, I mean, I, the, People I was working with in my band days are now, a lot of them are very successful doing mm-hmm. all kinds of things from, you know, from music to muralists to like, and I'm, like there's this muralist in LA that's like uh, really popular and famous. He goes back and forth, Kansas City, to LA. He used to design my band tees, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, who, who would have known at that point when he was at Starbucks, like going to art school, that he was going to be like that successful. But like, you know, we were like developing talent kind of curating like the business aspects of planning a tour you know uh the operations of like loading in and loading out and like you know selling Uh, i was getting me experience in selling and like buy my stuff like i'm not gonna make it to the next city if you don't buy my stuff you know and just like it it pushed you it pushed me as an introvert into a lot of like uh, understanding brand like if you're trying to get signed by a label like you definitely had to have a look and a feel you know, between your band or at least like that's what, you know, we were getting told we're looking for a certain type of like, if you're approaching certain labels, like we're looking for, a, you know, this kind of look uh, and sound. And so you start being like, okay, let's like craft more of our songs to be kind of universal. or like that can go together and cohesive. Mm-hmm. I just like some, some interesting plays I think between like the music world and the band world and e-commerce um, and what it did for a lot of people. A hundred percent absolutely all of that makes complete perfect sense
0: to me and you know what's funny is like there's actually two things the first thing is like i think that one thing that you learn from being in a band is that um stuff just kind of happens to you and it's very different stuff and it escalates really quickly and you have to kind of roll with the punches you have to be like oh okay yeah now i guess i know how to you know show up in all these different cities and do that and it's just like it just happens to you and um when we were you know first scaling when we really started scaling it was my musician friends who could uh tolerate that because it's just like random stuff starts happening to you i actually had a couple of my musician friends working in the business because they like didn't have anything to do during covid and uh they were just like oh yeah okay i guess i'll do this now like you become very flexible and then i think the introvert thing really resonates because like to get good at e-commerce you have to have that practice mentality like i'm just gonna sit in a room keep doing it over and over and over again but then to get good at running an agency you have to become a very like practiced you don't have to be an extrovert but you have to be very good at being social and reading people um because you're gonna make a lot of deals and i i think all the time i talk about this all the time like the thing that stays with me the most from tour is like every night you get out of the van in a different city and you meet immediately a stage manager a sound engineer you know a venue manager like all these people and your entire night and your whole experience is you know contingent on them liking you if they don't like you like you're gonna have a terrible time like they're not gonna help you out like they're not gonna do favors for you like they're not gonna help you load the van like it's gonna be super annoying so you have to like really quickly like figure out what kind of person they are get on their level and make that conversation enjoyable for them yeah. and like that's sales like once you can do that like you can close any deal and if you can get on a call and you can, like match that person's energy right away like you can build an agency because you'll just you know take 20 calls and you'll have 20 clients by the end because people want to work with you because they like you and i think introverts I love that. that i love that comparison
1: yeah. like i didn't think of that as far as like you know, the, the throwing you, um, throwing you for a loop with all the changes, you know, yeah. uh, I but like, you're so right, you know, and it's like, okay, the van breaks down or you're sleeping in a, like you're sleeping <laughs> in some people's mansion for the night, or like you're sleeping in the venue or like, you know, uh, there's three people at the show and you're playing for the other bands and you're still like trying to like, you know, well, those other bands might be the ones that take you on their next tour or like you know, the venue might have you back and there's something had happened. There's only three people there that night. Who knows? But it was just like, you know, whether it was rejection or like always that always on mentality when it's time to go. And you like, mm-hmm. you know, we were like throwing guitars and light show and like, you know, pretty produced and like played with tracks and like, we'd still go hard if there was four people there, you yeah. know, like, cause we were just like, well, these four people paid. So, you know, I think having that, that mindset too, like with customers and just being like, well, they've paid, like I'm going to deliver. I'm going to deliver great results. Like, you know, they've, they're here to show up, they've chosen me to work with, like, I'm going to deliver that. And, and also that practice mentality. Like I truly am an Amazon expert. And I say that confidently, like Mm -hmm. I've spent 11 plus years doing it. Um, 20, 30,000 hours minimum, probably like, you know, and that's like, you know, that's where you get true expertise. Um, same thing with m- musicians like you know they spend yeah. so many hours uh and, and then also the, the craft the crafting like you know a song is a story a good song uh a good song is a story and i think like whenever we're working with brands we're trying to bring out that story like what do you think you meant with this like you know um and pulling in all the different parts to like work together seamlessly so i know we've made it like a comparison thing but um it's just i, I honestly like if people listen to my hundred plus episodes there's probably been 10 plus that like you know their background started in music and and not all my interviews are agencies you know so um it's something very common that i i didn't really um understand the why but i think it was just to a certain level you just get tired of being poor and you're like yes i want to make some money you know i want to have a girlfriend or like you know and i want to take her on a date or i want to be able to like you know fix the tire when when it happens so yeah that's let's talk cool. let's talk about loop club, okay, yeah. so guys are crushing it by the way. Um, love the website. I definitely took a deep dive before I got on the show. Um, we became an Amazon agency partner uh two thousand nineteen, like which was in their first round of uh agency partners. Um, we're pretty proud of that. Tell me about what a shopify a plus partner means and like you know what you guys specialize on there.
0: yeah, for sure. this was a pretty big win for us. Um, so for those who maybe don't have, are not in the ecosystem, that, you know, the Shopify and the Shopify Plus. And Shopify Plus is the, you know, the most expensive Shopify plan. Um, and it really doesn't make economic sense until you're doing like, you know, a hundred grand a month in, in revenue, but it does come with a bunch of advantages. Like it's fast, you know, you can customize the checkout, um, you know, you get better rates on your, um, get better rates on credit card processing. You can do like international stores. It's like their premium, it's their enterprise product. Okay. And they, you like most agencies, most Shopify agencies are Shopify Plus partners, but not that many are Shopify. No, no, most agencies are Shopify partners, but not very many are Shopify Plus partners. Um, turns out, I didn't know this, but there's only 22 Shopify Plus partner marketing agencies in the country. It's a lot of dev agencies, but not that many okay. marketing agencies. So this kind of like, I mean, the real reason why it came up comes back to what we were talking about before is like. I have a lot of friends in the ecosystem. Like, I've been working on Shopify since I started at Meet Six, and I like it. Like, and I got to know one of the ways that I realized I could add value to my clients was okay, what can I do outside the ad account? And a lot of what you do outside the ad account is like, oh, have you thought about this? Plugin, or have you thought about this app? Like this way of doing, you know, this, this pop-up is really going to help your store. Or, like, have you thought about doing post-purchase upsells in this way, or like are you financing in this way? And you end up like networking with a lot of um, SaaS companies, essentially, yeah. who are all you know apps that plug into the Shopify universe. And we just do have a, you know, I, I have a very opinionated. I have a lot of opinions about what the best Shopify Plus apps, best Shopify apps are, right, and I tell everyone. So. Rightfully and, so. um, and, you know, I'm just, just sure of how to build this tech stack and can do it quickly and can give performance advice from that very like Shopify first viewpoint. So I think that's one thing that kind of helped us there. And then the second thing was like building our business during the pandemic and during the iOS 14 change meant that the business that we built looks really different to a lot of agencies that were built prior to that. Because you build a business pre iOS 14, like it was a lot easier to run ads. Like it literally, it just was, it was way easier to do a lot of this stuff. So you, your expertise didn't necessarily need to be as sharp and as multifaceted as it is now. And because, you know, as we talked about before, like it's very hard for me to just sit there and do a job. So I would just like obsess about these accounts and be like, okay, like how am I going to do it? That obsession That's baseline now. Like you will not scale an account unless you can get that crazy about it. And so we were just so lucky that we had all these. You know, we're already thinking about the end-to-end e-commerce experience. We're so lucky because I can't even hire a media buyer who trained before iOS fourteen now. Like it's a red flag in an interview because you 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 have too many blind spots. So that's what they saw in us. And you know, it's been really great. Like the Shopify Plus brand profile is a really ideal client for us you know you're typically at some scale you have product market fit you have a marketing team you a lot of the time you're spending you know we have clients who spend anywhere between 50 grand a month and million dollars a month on ads like you're in a a well-established business and you still have blind spots right like every business has blind spots and if you know the whole ecosystem well it's very easy for us to be like oh you haven't tried this you haven't tried this you know we've got a big catalog things we can do. So it's pretty easy for us to move the needle for this business. I don't want to say easy, but like it's not a lot of the time for for a plus brand or for a brand that's at some scale, it's not that the the solution is technically challenging. It's just something they haven't thought of or something that they didn't prioritize or something that like it was hard to get everyone on the same page about. Um and we can just do that quickly. so it's been it's been really cool. It's a really nice market segment to service.
1: I love it. And um, I'm resonating with everything you're saying in the same way too. Like I definitely have been, my technology turns eight in August, so we've been mm-hmm. at it a minute. Um, but the Amazon industry as a whole and brands and uh, you know manufacturers, companies coming to Amazon weren't really treating it like a true channel that needed optimi- optimized. Mm-hmm. They're just putting product up and kind of letting it happen. But as someone, you know, I think the word we're looking for is professional curiosity. Like yeah. and it's something that can't be taught. And if you like, you know, yourself, just the way you describe your curiosity for well, how can I be better? How can I win? How can I innovate? How can I, you know, I'm a small bootstrapped entrepreneur. For me, it was speed and and, you know, creativity around innovation. Like mm-hmm. that's I'm just faster. I'm faster yeah. than the big boats, you know, yeah. so to speak. And like can move super quickly. And um I spend thousands and thousands of dollars each year on RD. I would say testing like what you would call apps on the Shopify side, yep. um, like software that's coming out on the Amazon side. How does it integrate here? How does this, oh, this connects with Google and TikTok and Facebook ads and it tracks attribution directly to my Amazon pages. Like I need to know mm. everything about it. You know, okay, there's a program just for, um, there's a program just for like crowdfunded brands that they can get access to uh, Amazon's, Launchpad program. I need to to know everything about it. So I interviewed a uh, guy that had his doctorate in crowdfunding here, like locally, you know, like that's my true, like my obsession is like that. It's truly that I, I, there's not one thing I want someone to bring up in a room and me not know, or I've heard about it, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's not that that I can't be humble and be like, I I don't know. It's just that um, if it's an opportunity for a brand and I don't know of it, that's, you know, they're paying me to know. They're paying me to be their, their, uh, their strategist, you know, as a company. Right. And um, so that's something that like I definitely resonate with. And I think that if you're going to win like post, you know, Amazon agencies are popping up everywhere we are also one of uh two that are service-based on the amazon advertising side wow uh so Crazy. that's kind of interesting like you're yeah. talking about the devs right so mm-hmm. in the first group of 60 58 were dev and two are service-based wow. um we we're one of the service-based we we're mm-hmm. pretty pumped about that just just some uh similarities you yeah. know between the two but it's like um you know i what took me so long was because the, in the amazon space the brands weren't it was so easy at the beginning that they mm-hmm. didn't almost like think about how to like do these things to be better because they were just like winning in other ways and um i only wish that i knew more about creative and like the impact of like really good creative and really emotionally connecting like messaging in that creative like from images or ads or whatever the case is because once i started working with brands that could invest there and do like, and then I also developed my own internal team uh, that can like deliver on what we're trying to do. It was just like magic for us. And it's like, you know, it's really the step above whoever else is out there, I'll be honest. Like they just, Uh they haven't done it yet. I'm not saying they won't, uh, but they haven't done it yet. And it's like, because it's a hard thing to do. Yeah, right, it's a hard thing to do. And so it really is the differences in like all these things. It's like, it's very, very, very rare that we come across a brand. Uh, that's at a certain level that's trying to do certain things that we're not like, we can provide this level of like um, improvement to whatever they're doing. Yeah. You know, it's just like, even if it looks beautiful, like there's probably something on the upside. There's like always things that you can do that they haven't thought of. And unless they have a team that's been obsessing for, years and years and years which they have usually at most companies those people have a lot of responsibilities and Amazon is just like a small piece or like you know Shopify or whatever is a small piece Uh, there's no way they can learn about all of these things so You know, I have a couple more questions. I want to get one more shout out to our sponsor. Uh, Finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io. We can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the full scale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. Um, Let's talk about like some of the like I'm spending a ton of time in TikTok okay Mm -hmm. uh just because as amazon gets harder there's a whole bunch of aggregators that have popped up buying brands selling brands um ios 14 pushed a lot of advertising spend to amazon uh for anyone that was doing both and they're like oh we can't figure out facebook let's dump our money into amazon ppc it's made my life a lot harder uh it's filtered out the ones that were just kind of like okay and like the best agencies will be the ones standing for sure but in that time, it's like also like, okay, like let's say a competitor comes in because it's direct um direct response marketing on on Amazon where it's like, you know, you type in a search term and then it brings you to the product. They're not, it's not like Facebook or TikTok where it's like uh customer segments, right? And so yeah. because of that, it's a completely different strategy. And if you're going against a big heavy hitter, like a big heavy hitter, like let's say uh I don't know, a massive brand, we'll just say that a massive brand a manscaped or something and you're Mm -hmm. like a small one trying to come out with a product, uh, they could blanket you out on those product, on those search terms, right? If they had the budget, they could just like cover them all. And so then you're like, well, how do I get visibility on my products if I'm native to Amazon? And a lot of that, what comes in is great. Having a great D to C, um, side as well and strategy if your website's doing well they grow together um and so like whether you're using facebook ads or tiktok ads you can use these to gain momentum on your amazon products and it's like these are strategies that they use and so for me facebook and tiktok um are top of mind always spending a lot of time on tiktok now talk to me about what's like you know what's new what new strategies like i know you guys have t- you guys offer tiktok services and facebook services and all those things as well um Talk to me just maybe a few examples about what you're doing with brands, like how you're working with some brands in some innovative ways to like, um, you know, continue to win as things yeah. change.
0: Yeah. So, so TikTok is, is obviously like the next frontier. And I think everyone, there's been a lot of like, oh, you know, some kind of flashy, you know, everyone's like making a lot of noise about it. But it's still hard. You know, it's still a difficult channel. I mean, everything's difficult right now. But what's cool about TikTok is you can really get it to work um we've been running it this year and it is fun like it's fun because you cuz the aesthetics are quite different cuz the pace is quite different um what you need to do with your customer like the customer journey is quite different and the expectations that you know they're all different but if you can dial everything in like you can you can move the needle really quickly in ways that are you know just difficult to do on Facebook these days
1: so you know this the, the customers have moved and like you know there's a lot more older customers on Facebook I think than yeah. you know years pass and then like the younger generation has moved on uh and like Instagram kind of seems like it's almost like the band crowd <laughs> like not really yeah. but like the artists creatives yeah. a little bit older mature there's not bullying there's not these things like you know it's really kind of like at first it was just social media and now I feel like there's some very clear differences like as you move yeah. through them um so for me it's like Paid on TikTok, it's like you know influencer marketing on TikTok, or it's like organically, like posting as the brand, and you know some variations of those three. Um, is there anything outside of that that you are like, you know, when you work with a brand, are you working with influencers? Are you creating content for them? Like, how does that look? Yeah, exactly.
0: So I think I think what you have to do, TikTok has really solidified and and made completely standard this concept of like creator marketing. So it used to be that when, you know, when we started doing this at Meet Six, or when, when, when they started doing it a couple of years before I got there, you know, they were some of the first people to make Facebook ads where it was just like, oh, my God, just a regular person was saying this to the camera. And it wasn't a regular person. It's never been a regular person. It was, uh, it was someone it in the office. It costs a ton, too.
1: It costs a lot. Yeah, it you costs know, a like lot. Yeah, it's
0: hard to do. Traditional too. ads. It costs a lot. It was, you know, sometimes it was like us. It was like people in the office who would like make quote-unquote user-generated content. Like, um, but sometimes it would be, you know, a real shoot. You know, sometimes it would be your customers. And we still use real customer stuff all the time. But um, this, you know, a, a real person showing off the product aesthetic, that is TikTok. That is what the channel is. You cannot be branded there. You cannot be, you know, beautiful. Like it has to look hundred percent real that's the first challenge it has to you know people have to think that someone just made it the second challenge is that the platform does not care at all how many followers you have or how many you know it just doesn't care it's not relevant what is relevant is every single piece of content is judged on how well does this content keep you on the platform watch time is the single metric that matters to TikTok as an entity and it will judge a piece of con. Every single piece of content is judged equally based on watch time. So you could have zero followers and put up something and it could go massively massively viral the next day because a certain percentage of people watch it all the way through. So you're in a it's a this is a difficult situation for a large advertiser right if you're dunkin donuts like you are used to the idea that everyone's going to watch what you do because they already understand who you are you have a certain brand you have a certain you know affinity people watch the ad because they know who you are but now like all your brand is gone the branded elements are taken away and watch time is the only important thing so if you have a you know you're a million followers no one cares at all it doesn't matter so you have to make like the most engaging content. Like the funniest, the loudest, the sharpest, the most immediate, like the most engaging content possible. Um otherwise there's
1: there's no chance. The second like long long gone are the days. I'm sorry, like long no, no, gone no, no, are the no, days of no, like go, the please. the Cialis ad, like you know, on TV yeah. that's like, oh my god, in the last thirty seconds are like all the side effects. <laughs> <And it's> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, oh my exactly. God. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like that stuff
0: It's it's just yeah, it's not gonna happen anymore. And What's crazy about the second piece is that TikTok is also obsessed with newness. They aggressively prioritize newness. So they want you to be uploading more and more and more content all the time. So you now have to be making high quality, funny, engaging, great content. And if you're lucky, you can run it as an ad for a week before it, before the creative fatigue and it doesn't perform anymore. So... The, the volume of creative that the, that an average brand needs to make has gone from like, okay, I need one new piece of content a month, one great new ad a month, to like, I need 10 new ads a week.
1: And I and need them to be kind of shitty. Like, yeah. Yeah, kind of, like, you know, but I need it's hard for fun. me, like, I talk to people like you all day, like on the podcast, or like, you know, yeah. in sales calls, or like yeah. talking to CEOs, VPs, like, and something that's been difficult for me as I try to like plan out our channel or plan out some stuff for brands or like, I still like to get involved in some of the creative ideas like yeah. on the team and like if we're working with a brand we're stuck with like I want to get in there. And, um, you know, it's really hard for me to, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but like, think simple. Think yep. like simple, like just drew, yep. like you know, this is your normal way. Like, you think like you know, you're trying to keep up with some like hundred million dollar thinker sometimes on the phone, or like you're just like, you know, you're trying to like keep up. And then it's like for TikTok, I need you to like go exactly the opposite direction, yeah, and slow your brain down and like be funny or be entertaining or like you know, because it's still just as creative to get that. Don't get me wrong, it's just like Gen Z and like you know um one you talked about like creative enough to bring them through the length of the video like to the end but then also like think like lowest common denominator yep yep exactly simple and it's so with grade hard. level or it's something like so that you know hard
0: it takes years of experience the best creative strategists can just come up with these ideas that are just so simple and it has to be like Because the first frame of that is the most important, right? Like someone is going to make a decision with, their subconscious
1: is going to make a decision about whether they want to watch it before they even think to themselves if this is emotional. It's because it's emotional connection first, the emotional brain, then the logic brain. Yeah. Like, And so you're trying to connect to that emotional brain, like whether they're afraid or laughing or turned on or like whatever it is, it's like you're trying to like get them with that. Yeah.
0: And it has to make sense. Like it has to make sense within like a fraction of a second and so you know it takes a lot of work and we've had to build a a, a number of systems around how to do this like we've built you know a platform where we can very very quickly like recruit new creators and train them up and show them like the back and forth we've had to build like so many different creative brief uh you know templates like so many different systems so many example decks because like yes if you have all day you can make one really really good ad but you don't have all day you need 10 times as many as you did four months ago and you need them at scale and you need them across your whole portfolio so uh, making engaging
1: content at scale is is the challenge right now it's the hardest thing to do i mean talking about andrew tate not to give him more attention than he already Mm -hmm. has but all he did was like you know recruit an army of creators to like edit up his content Yeah. And like, you know, spread it all over TikTok. Um, You know, he had years of content out there on YouTube or podcasts or whatever. And he's like, you know, he's recruited a whole bunch of these like, young creators to edit up his content so that he can make that much video at mass, Um, which as ridiculous as it is, uh, like it's still like kind of brilliant in a way, um, and like that's what you're trying to recreate at the same time. Gary V, kind of the same thing. He's like, how do you take like a pillar piece of content and make twenty pieces? Yeah, um, you know, and that's you're you're repurposing that for whatever channel you're on, but the principle still applies of just like how do you create content in mass um, for these platforms? Because it's not about perfection anymore; it's about uh, you know quantity absolutely it is a volume game and i mean you said it right like when you're building your agency like being
0: fast was the most important thing like being fast is the most important thing it's always been the most important thing and it, it you know but but now it's like how do you do it fast and at massive massive volume so you know we use tech solutions to do it that will like help us slice up our content so we can then like, you know, recut it automatically into like 10 new ads. We use, you know, platform solutions, we use database solutions, we use, you know, templates and briefs, but you know, it's, it's really hard. And like most brands, like if you start an e-commerce brand, you don't start it thinking to yourself, like, okay, like, how do I get, you know, a hundred videos <laughs> in a three week, you know, time period? Like, that's just like, not, it's not on your mind. So yeah. it's a, it's a really new challenge.
1: Um, all right. So as we close up got a little couple minutes here, like what's next for Loop Club? Uh, you know, I know you guys just like, I think you just published a new website, a new refresh, at least on the site. Like it looks sharp. Um, that's always a project. I know that, um, you know, but what, what's your focus as, as a, as an agency, um, one is like you know, what is something you guys are working on? uh, You know, that's exciting for you. And then two, like, um, you know, what's something that you would leave either with some young agency owners that are tuning in or just some young e-commerce brands that are like, you know, trying to win uh, in 2022 and beyond. So one, uh, what's exciting and new that you guys, something you guys are working on? And then two, something to leave with our listeners.
0: Totally. So, I mean, the thing I'm most excited about, we actually spun out all of this like user generated content creation stuff into a different business because it's so, so important. We built a platform around it. So, you know, we built a no-code platform where you can go in and like assign briefs to content creators and go back and forth on content and pay them. Awesome. And, and it's it's working and it's working across multiple brands. So, now the next step is to open that up to other agencies and brand owners and build like a two-sided content marketplace. Pick me, pick me. Yeah. 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 I mean, everyone, like I posted, I posted, I was like, Hey, like who wants to be part of, you know, user generated content marketplace. And I just got like hundreds of people because it's really hard. Like there's not that much. There are a lot of marketplaces out there, but the quality is very, very, very low, super low. So we figured out how to sort, we, you know, we kind of cracked the code on sourcing creators. Um, So we can then filter them. You know, we can source infinite creators and filter the top 1%. So I can't wait to launch that. Like launching a platform is something that I've always wanted to do. I think it's a cool business model. I think it's like, you know, nice and scalable and, 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 you know, interesting and has a little bit of tech involved in it. So stoked on that. And yeah, new agency owners.
1: Or just e-commerce brand owners that are like trying to win, you know? Okay.
0: Yeah. Stop like. If you're an e-commerce brand owner, it's more important than ever right now to remember the difference between who you are and who you want to be. I think a lot of brand owners get stuck on who they want to be. We're an aspirational brand. We're a lifestyle brand. No, we would never do that. We, we would never say that. This is, not, this is not how we represent ourselves. Our ads need to look like this. Our pages need to look like this. Our blank needs to look like this. And you can get pretty far with that and you have been able to get pretty far but most businesses that really scale don't think like that most businesses that scale especially you know from coming from the b2b world it's like i go find a problem and then i present the solution to you and the solution looks however it looks but does it solve the problem and so if you want to win on tiktok it needs to look like a tiktok if you want to win on facebook gotta look like you know there's there's a reason why those like crummy little Facebook ads, with like big black bars on top. And like, you know, there's a reason why it works is because that's what people are looking at on Facebook. Like there's not much time left to be precious and be like, oh, well, we don't want to be like this. Like you need to operate in the present and be honest about the numbers that you're seeing on the page. If an ad is doing better than another ad and you think it's worse, you don't like it as much, uh, you're wrong because <laughs> it's doing worse.
1: It it's- doesn't lie.
0: Yeah, so just it's it's the hard it's one of the hardest things in the world because you get into entrepreneurship because you have an opinion about who you are and where you can go, um, and opinions opinions not that helpful in this in this business. So it's like you know just look at the numbers with open eyes and go where they tell you to go, and you may end up somewhere where you don't expect or where you didn't plan on being but you will almost certainly be somewhere that is more successful and enjoyable than, than what you, where you are now.
1: So good, Tim, honestly, like it's a great way to close out the episode. Um, you know, you just go into something with an open mind without expectation and let the data speak. That's why I love Amazon. I love e-commerce in general. Um, because it's not guessing, right. I got to make educated decisions. Like I got to make data driven decisions. Um, this creative this creative this keyword this keyword this ad type this ad type like let's run let's test let's just like let the data help us get better and better business is what I love about business is that business will always evolve and continue to get better and better. Like when you're in business, it's always getting better and better and better. Um, and when you get stuck or you get stuck in your ways or you get stuck in your mindset, this is the way it's always been is when you get left behind. And for me, I'm the other kind of way. So I like, I love it because of that, because it's constantly changing and, uh, it's like a new city every night. Right. Um, You're kind of getting that, like this new brand, this new, I'm not selling butt plugs anymore, uh, now I'm selling (laughs) like adult diapers or something, you know? Uh, but it's always changing and it's like, okay, this is a little bit different. I got to do it a little bit different, you know, figure it out. But that's where the reward is. And that's the difference in like being the very best and being average at what you do. So thanks so much for being on the show, Tim. Pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Of course, and um, one more. Once again, shout out to our sponsor, Fullscale.io. Do you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders? Let Fullscale help. They have the people and the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit Fullscale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions, then let the platform match you up with a fully vetted, highly experienced team of software engineers testers and leaders at full scale they specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you learn more when you visit fullscale.io tim you're talking about building a platform uh my mentor matt de another host on the show uh has built obviously of course full scale.io and uh they're actually their platform for sourcing uh, talent is pretty impressive. It's pretty incredible. And as you're building a platform now to find creators, it might be something that just, uh, I want to look around the site, uh, the Mm -hmm. way that he's done it with the avatars and, uh, the team is like really cool and really efficient. Um, but anyway, shout out to full that making this episode possible, Tim, I don't think it'll be the last time we connect. I got, I obviously got to check out the, the platform as well. So thanks for being on the show and we'll see you next time. Hustlers. Thanks.